everybody. Welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. My name is Michelle Burkhardt and I am your host. Today we're talking about the, the brain and stress. So this is your brain on stress. I'm, I'm going to tell you a little bit about some of the research around stress in the brain. Uh, a couple books that I absolutely love and what they're going to tell you in case you want to follow up with them. And we're going to specifically talk about why having your people on your team be in peace helps you. Okay. Uh, I'll ask you some questions to really self-reflect and kind of figure out how much time, money, and resources have you been wasting in your business uh, or your teamwork or even, you know, if you're just a, an individual proprietor like I am, how much that stress really gets in your way, okay? I'm going to explain a little bit about Site K to you, uh, what it is, what it does, and give you a story re- specifically related to stress, okay? And then, of course, your homework, uh, I'm really excited about that. And if you enter into that, I promise you it will serve you well. Awesome. Enjoy. let's get right to it. Okay. So there is a test. It's called a functional MRI. I'm sure you've already heard of it, but what, uh, researchers and scientists have been able to discover is that (laughs) this might not shock you. Uh, there is a significant effect on your brain, the physical structure of your brain and also your mind with stress, right? So we have two types of stress. We have chronic stress and we have acute stress. Acute stress is typically something that's happening just right now in the moment. And it can be um, pretty fast. Honestly, it can be, you know, one of those things where let's say you've, you know, as a child, you fall off your bike, you skin your knee, you've got acute stress, right? But you pretty quickly take care of that. Um, acute stress can also be good in that, let's say you've got a deadline for work, right? And you're like, oh man, I got to get this done, right? So you've got some stress in the moment, but it's kind of propelling you or pushing you forward. Okay. That's called good stress, right? The problem is not so much the acute stress. It's the chronic stress that really causes us issues. So when we experience stress over time, elongated, uh, it can really cause a lot of effects for our physical health, our mental health, emotional health. Um, and if left untreated, it causes disease. Okay. Now I'm not going to go into all the science around that. There's a ton out there that actually proves that. Um, but I think you probably already know that, don't you? Yeah. So there's, there's two books that I have been like pouring over lately as far as my work goes. The first one is written by Edmondson. I'm blanking on her name. I think it starts with an A. Let's just look up Edmondson. But the book is called The Fearless Organization. And uh, the second book is one that I've read and studied a long time ago, but I'm coming back to it. Um, Dr. Henry Cloud's Boundaries for Leaders. Now, what I love about both of those books is that um, they talk about this idea of having emotional and psychological safety in the workplace. So Cloud does a really good job of explaining the stress cycle and how uh, a stressed brain in the workplace can really inhibit what you want to happen. So it can keep you from your goals or or the results that you want to see. 
Edmondson has a, a quiz in there too that allows you to kind of assess your team to determine, hey, are we in this place where we have a lot of fear and stress going on? So stress can really inhibit your team from moving forward. Now, I think this is really important, especially right now with COVID, right? Um, things are not back to quote unquote normal. Uh, and they probably won't be, honestly, we're going to have a new normal. Uh, and so, you know, dealing and learning how to deal with stress for yourself and how do you help other people walk through that, right? <clears throat> so I was talking to a client the other day and she has somebody on her team she's trying to work with. Long story short, this person has so much stress in her personal life because of COVID-related things that she has to spend a good majority of their time in their coaching talking about the stress in her personal life so that she can process that, release it, and now come back into, okay, now can we talk about work, right? A lot of leaders are uncomfortable with that because we're wasting time, right? When in reality, that's the thing that they need, okay? So one of the things that um, I have learned throughout these two books is that when your people have a peaceful brain, okay, um, they're more creative, they have better connections with people they're, and ideas too. Um, they're able to kind of recall that really weird far off fact that might actually be the thing that your, your pro project or program needs. Um, they're much more innovative. They are quicker at solving problems, which is great, right? Uh, they are just nicer people, um, but they also take less time to reach goals. They're better working within a team. It, it's easier for them to pivot. Honestly, being uh, having a peaceful brain is the only way that you can really learn something. And there tends to be less need for accountability when somebody has less stress. Okay. So let me just ask you a few questions. How much time, money, and resources do you and your team waste on, uh, let's say having an outside consultant with a pr fresh perspective? Now, listen, there's a time and a place for that. But what I'm noticing within this COVID time is it's not, people aren't hiring a consultant to come in to say, hey, let's look at this a little bit differently. They're hiring that consultant more for desperation. Like I've got to hire somebody to come in and just fix all of this because we are so stressed. We can't even attend to the problem. Okay. Um, how much time and, and money have you wasted with the boss being the referee of the team? Or you've just had a meeting, but somebody was so stressed or that they felt like they couldn't speak up. So now the, they request 20 to 30 minutes of your time after the meeting to talk about what happened in the meeting, right? Or, you know, you're, you're standing around the water cooler and, um, you know, people are, are saying, hey, did, did, did you hear what happened over here? Hey, what do you, what do you think about this? Or people are trying to process that, that stress. Okay. Um, how much money and time do you spend fixing broken plans? 
like trying to get those plans back up on their feet because we spent a lot of time thinking about those plans. So let's, let's make sure we get them done, right? Versus just coming up with new plans altogether. Because stressful brains don't tend to come up with new plans. They tend to patch up old ones. Here's a good one. And this goes again, goes for all industries. How much time and money have you wasted on sending an employee to a training that doesn't help? Or perhaps creating accountability measures, incentives, um, accountability groups, or the boss having to come through and, you know, use the carrot or stick to motivate the employees. Okay. Now, that's not even mentioning the the time off and extra time off that people in stress tend to take. They tend to use all of their sick days, all of their vacation days, and if it's bad enough, they will actually use more than what's allotted, right? So do you see how stress can affect your bottom line? Yeah. So if you were to tell me, because some people are, are listening and they're like, yeah, Michelle, but does that work with this, you know, organization or industry or business type? Yes. You tell me what your organization, business or, or um, you know, industry is, and I can have a pretty good estimate for you about how much money you're going to be losing with stressed people. Okay. I've worked with hundreds of clients, dozens of leaders, and I have seen, listen, I have seen good, bad, and ugly meetings. Uh, For a number of years, that was my job. I would go in and I would help people learn how to run successful meetings, which meant I would walk in the door and see a very unsuccessful meeting happening. Some people, when I tell them that, they're like, oh my gosh, that sounds like hell. Okay, maybe. I think it was fun because I always knew there was a transformation going to come on the other side. Okay. So the one common thing that I found as I've worked with all of these people is that the stress level of yourself and the people on your team makes all the difference. I can tell you this when I um, have gone into meetings that were, whoa, the, the most toxic meetings you have ever witnessed. The whole room was just filled with stressed brains. So we had to like back up and say, you know what, let's not talk about this meeting right now, but let's just be good humans and let's relieve some of your stress. And once we were able to do that, then they were able to learn about how to run a successful meeting. Okay. Now, you might think that when you're hiring somebody, that their background, their education, their experience is going to really affect their work. Absolutely, it will. You know, I'm not not here to say that it won't. However, one of the key things I've noticed is that when you hire somebody who is uh, has proven themselves able to handle stress in a positive way, that that, in addition to their background, education, and experience, is what's going to help them be successful in the workplace. Okay. So, you know, just, just be thinking about that. You know, one of the things that uh, I often, actually in the last year or so, uh, I've become a trained Psych-K facilitator. I know I've mentioned this in the past. I'm going to tell you just a little bit about the, how this works today because it really relates with stress. Um, 
So Psych-K is a process that allows you to assess your current beliefs and your stress levels. Um, the, the modalities, the processes, the balances is what Psych-K calls them. Um, the activities that we use allow your conscious and subconscious brain to really fast-paced process your stress. So what it does is it puts you in what we call a whole brain state where both hemispheres of your brain are connected and talking to each other. One of the things we notice that when you're in stress, you're using your conscious brain on overload, okay? Whereas your, your subconscious brain wants to be a part of that show as well. And so, you know, we can put you in a, a whole brain posture that allows both sides of your brain to connect, process what's happening and come to a place of complete peace so that you can now attend to whatever your problem is. Okay. So we release the stress of that situation, um, and, and come back into this state of peace. So I'm going to share an example with you today of how this has actually helped a client. Um, as we go throughout the week, I'll probably share more examples with you. Um, and definitely, uh, I've been sharing different thoughts and ideas about stress in the brain on social media. So follow us there. Uh, if you really want to be a part of a, a really cool group that we're focusing on this a lot more, um, look for our group called grow by one choice. And, uh, you can, you can ask to be a part of the group, answer the questions and, and I'll let you in. Okay. All right. So I had, uh, I was working with a, a client. They are, were brand new to a leadership team. Uh, so she has been uh, a teacher for about, I don't know, 22 years, and she was put into a principal's position. And as uh, a principal, she was now invited to the leadership team for her local um, school district. So it was, I think, like six or eight, if I remember correctly, people on the leadership team. Now, she was brand new, obviously, to the leadership role and the leadership team. Um, she had come through several trainings with me. Uh, also, she's a podcast listener. So, hey, you know who you are. Uh, and she had reached out and said, okay, Michelle, I'm in this leadership position. Now what? So as I've been working with her, um, she came into this leadership team and being new, she had a lot of stress around this idea of I'm new and I'm trying to kind of speak up, but nobody seems to be listening to me. Everybody else on the leadership team had been around for a while. They knew each other. They kind of had patterns established and they weren't really listening to this new young whippersnapper, right? And so she felt very intimidated and very stressed. Uh, typically we had our coaching conversations the day before the leadership team meeting because she said, Michelle, you got to help me. I'm so stressed just thinking about going to this meeting. So what we would do is we would do a, a quick, you know, 20 minute site case session with her really just to process that stress out. And we also had her do, um, uh, I guess a chart. It, she just put it in her journal. It wasn't anything fancy, um, but she was tracking her stress. So that was another thing that we noticed is that, uh, the, her stress level would ramp up as she got closer to these meetings. That's why we included the site case session to process and release that stress. 
So she would go right before her psych K session, a nine out of 10 on the stress level. So if one is low and 10 is high, that's pretty stressed. And right after our session, she would be at a zero out of 10, completely peace, right? And in the meeting, she was actually tracking her stress too. We started tracking before we started doing psych K because quite frankly, I wasn't trained yet. Um, and so her, her chart showed pretty high before the meeting, pretty high during the meeting and a little drop off after the meeting. Then we added in psych K and we noticed a zero out of 10 before the meeting. And she stayed at a zero during the meeting and after the meeting. And then, you know, there was, uh, she'd, she'd be fine. And then it was like the two or three days before the meeting, she would kind of get herself worked up again. Okay. That's significant because what's happening now is she's going into that meeting and she's got complete peace. So what we noticed is that over time, she started sharing her ideas. When I really talked to her about it, I said, you know, what, tell me more about it. Like what, what caused you to share your idea? And she said, I noticed that I was going to have peace whether I shared my idea or not. So I might as well just share it. I was like, oh, that's all awesome. And there was this one meeting where she shared an idea, um, something that quite frankly, she had had been a part of for a long time. Um, but it's in a different field of education. So early childhood, it's something that, you know, is a early childhood fundamental principle that we do. However, the other principles were not from early childhood, so they didn't understand this principle. So she was in a meeting and she was able to share this principle and say, hey, I think this idea would work for you guys. The group took it. They ran with it. They loved it. And honestly, it changed the course of the work for the whole district. Uh, and of course, because of all of that, they looked at her now as, whoa, you have a ton of value. Now, I'm not saying because she was at peace, they looked at her and she had value. I'm saying because she was at peace, she was able to take an action step because you still got to do the work, Right. She was able to share her idea and stick with it and not worry about, you know, what are they going to say about this? Are they going to like it? Are they not? Uh, she was able to stick with it. And then, you know, out of that, it helped her. It helped the leadership team. It helped so many people in their school district. Why? Because she was not in stress anymore. Okay. Okay. Now listen, Psyche isn't magic, okay? But peaceful brains, and research shows us this time and time again, peaceful brains see more, they hear more, they feel more, and they speak more. They tend to have more perspective, and in time, peaceful people tend to uh, not only take advantage of opportunities, but they see more opportunities than other people, not only for themselves, but for people around them. Okay. So what about you? Uh, what's your stress level? Do you even know? You know, some people, when I ask them, what's your stress level? They're like, I don't know. I'm stressed. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. Um, have you ever kind of tracked it? You know, that one to 10 rating is really nice because it's simple. You can ask yourself any time, 
right? If you're feeling stressed in the moment, just say, all right, what's my stress level at? One to 10. A number will come to you. And then you can ask yourself, what can I do to lower that number? Okay. If you are a leader of people, so this means if, uh, you know, you're a parent, you're definitely a leader of people. If you're a community volunteer, if you are a team member, um, remember, it's not about being in a leadership position, but you have influence over somebody else. Okay. Do you know what the people who you're trying to influence, do you know what their stress level is? So, you know, for example, as a mother, I can tell you a little bit about stress levels of my kids only based on what I see, right? Their behavior or their words. I can tell you what some of the triggers are. Like this morning, my my 13-year-old kind of freaked out because my 16-year-old, who's now driving them both to school, decided he wanted to leave five minutes earlier and she just lost her marbles because she needs to know exactly what time uh, things are happening so she feels like she has a sense of control. So I could tell in that moment, based on the words she was using and the tone, okay, she's feeling stressed, right? So I'm going to give her a little bit more leeway because a stressed brain does not have any logic to it, okay? Uh, And so do you know your people? Do you know their stress levels? If you don't, you might want to have a conversation about that. You know, one of the the studies I like to cite, um, there's a, a field out there, the economics of decision making. And there's several studies that track uh, parents of, of children, b- newborn up to age five. And it shows that the sheer amount of decisions they have to make in one day is actually more than a fighter pl- pilot has to make when in war. Think about that. So just the fact of getting yourself and your children up, ready, and out the door to where they need to go by the time that parent arrives to work, they're stressed. So if you know that, you can help prepare them for that. So have a conversation with those, those employees of yours that have young children and just say, hey, listen, what's going to help you when you enter into your work here? What's going to help you to relieve some of that stress from home before you start working? If somebody says, you know what, I just need like 20 minutes to myself. Let me just gather my thoughts. Guess what? Don't have them on their schedule a leadership meeting right when they walk in the door. It's probably not going to help you or them, right? So really what I'm asking you to do is, is get in touch with your own level of stress. Begin to start to decrease that level of stress and really pay attention to the people around you. I think as humans, we tend to focus on the results or outcomes or behavior or actions or words of people rather than thinking about, well, what caused that? And I'm a firm believer, having learned what I've learned in the last few years, that stress is playing much more of a role in our everyday life and our work than we could ever imagine. Okay? So check in with your own stress level, check in with your people, do something to relieve your stress today. Okay. And if you need help with that, let me know. Awesome. So with that, I release you into the wild, go forth and prosper, have an amazing day, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.